Welcome to the Community Fellowship Podcast, your way to stay connected with biblically-themed messages, discussions, and interviews from Community Fellowship in East Bernard, Texas. Learn more about our church at the cfeb.church website, check us out on social media at CF East Bernard, or attend an in-person service at 635 Main Street in East Bernard. We are a local church that works to make the love of Christ for all humanity known to our community and the world. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this week's content. Well, two brothers, uh, one eleven and one seven, were uh, waiting for the service to begin in the church foyer one Sunday morning. And they found something on the ground. They saw a little white piece of paper on the ground. And of course, being the young boys that they were, they thought this is a perfect thing to become a hockey puck. And so they started to kick it across the foyer floor. It was sliding perfectly. And as families are coming in, trying to get ready for the service, they were taking turns, seeing how they could score on one another. Well, just a few minutes before the service began, their father came in, grabbed the piece of paper, opened it up, to reveal a $100 bill inside. One boy said to the other, oh my goodness, we had $100. Just think about what we could have done with it. And the other boy said, I know, right? I still remember what I was going to do with my $50. (laughs) Oh, man, man. But I had to recognize that that money didn't belong to me. It belonged to someone else. And I'm glad to say that my dad put it into that offering plate that morning because he recognized where that money belonged. It was such a cool moment for us. I texted my brother this week about that, and he's like, oh yeah, I totally remember that. It's crazy how those stories stick in your mind, right? Uh, well, this, this, this month we are starting, we've been going through a, a series that we are calling Submit Here. And so each week we're actually going to walk through different areas of our lives that are a lot of times difficult for us to let God have control of and for us to submit to his lordship in our lives. And last week, we looked at kind of a biblical perspective on what our work should and shouldn't look like. But this morning, we're going to look at, oh gosh, here it comes, the pastor's doing it, right? We're going to look at giving, all right? Um, And it's definitely not one of those things that I love to touch on a lot. It's not, it's not. But at the same time, it is a part of our lives, and we've got to recognize that, okay? And so we're going to look at two primary passages as we do that this morning. And my goal for us is that by the end of our time together, We'll be able to see what scripture lays out as a few principles for giving, and as a result of that, our posture in what giving should look like in our lives. Okay? So the first passage that we're going to look at is an Old Testament book, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. If you've got your Bible, you can turn that, you can look on the screen as well. But we're going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. We're going to start in verse 12. So here we go. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we've given you only what comes from your hand. Okay, so let's give a little background on this passage. So King David has uh, been 
the king for a long time, and he's wanted desperately, he's already built his own temple, but he's wanted desperately to build a place, his own, his own uh, sorry, his own palace, but he's desperately wanted to build a temple for God to actually dwell in. He wants a place for God to reside. But God has told him no, that his son Solomon is going to. But David says, you know what, it's okay, I'm going to give towards this. And so he's just let the community of Israel know exactly all that he's going to give. And it is a generous, generous gift. And much to David's surprise, the rest of his leadership in Israel, they respond with generosity of their own. They give with a heart that's just abundantly full of what God has done for them. And so they give back. But this passage we just read is actually David's praise. It's a psalm of David and his response to what the people alongside him have done in their giving. And so we're going to see a few principles that David actually gives us about giving here. All right. So David, in his praise, he says, everything in heaven and earth is yours. And if you think about that, that pretty much covers everything you and I see and the things that we don't see, right? God is the one who it actually belongs to. Everything belongs to him. Your home, your job, your family, your talents, your abilities, your money, all of it, all of it belongs to God. And that's the point. All that we have, everything that's ours is actually not ours, but it's actually God's. It belongs to him. The second thing that David shows us is that the, the, the blessing of financial success comes from God. Look at verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you. Now, this is the king of Israel, probably the wealthiest individual in the kingdom at the time of this writing. And he's saying that everything that he's accumulated, all the money that he's gathered together, everything that he has, that it is from God. All of his wealth is from him. So this is the other principle that we need to learn. Wealth is a gift that comes from God. Wealth is a gift that comes from God. You know, I've, I've known far too many people who um, they, they think that their success financially comes from themselves. They think that they were the one who did it. They were the one who worked hard. They had the tenacity. They, they had the fortitude to be able to work hard and, and get what they have. But that is not what the witness of Scripture says. It says that wealth comes from God. Listen to Job 121. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. You have what you have because God gave it to you. So let's just think about this for a second. Let's say you're like, okay, I, I've got the fortitude though. I have the fortitude. Well, then thank God for the countless experiences that your parents or friends have helped you build that determination. You have incredible intelligence. Well, thank God for a family who cared about education or a teacher who instilled in you its importance. You have wealth. Thank God for his favor and blessing over your life. The New Testament book of James actually echoes the same truth. Here's what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. See, God is the generous giver of all that we have, including our wealth. Okay, last thing that he says. As a result of God's generosity towards us, David says that our response should be turning back to him in praise. With all that we've been given, our heart's posture should be that we turn it back to him in praise. Now, let's just give a little example. Let's say that you have a very wealthy uncle, 
okay? And you're talking with him a little bit, and you're saying, you know what, I really want to go back and get my graduate degree. But it's pretty costly. And you're talking with him. He says, well, how much is it? And you kind of lay it out for him, and he says, I want, I want to pay for it. And you're like, wait a second. Are we talking about semester? Are we talking about just my books? What exactly are you saying, uncle? He's like, no, I, I want to take care of your entire graduate degree. And you calculate that up, and it's $120,000. How are you going to respond? With overwhelming gratitude, right? You're going to respond with gratitude. Then let's say this. He says, okay, hey, let's go get something to eat on me. It just keeps giving and giving, and, and that's exactly who God is. Everything that we have comes from Him, and the least thing that we can do is actually to show our appreciation by turning it back in verbal praise to God. But God also gives us tangible opportunities as well to show our appreciation to Him. Okay, so now that we've kind of looked at that Old Testament passage, we're going to turn over into the New Testament, and we're going to look at our primary passage that um, actually for, for centuries has kind of been the guide for Christians on what giving should look like. Okay, so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians. Chapters 8 and 9 are the ones that kind of deal with it. We're going to look at chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. Okay, so turn there with me, if you will. But as you do that, I want to make sure that, that we, we don't paint too small uh, of a painting on this idea of giving. A lot of times we get fixated on money, and I don't want us to get fixated there. What I want is, and I love that Jason said this earlier, it's about our time, our talent, and our treasure. These are the things that God has given us. These are the ways that we can respond to him, okay? So keep that in mind as we read this passage together. So here we go, starting in verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Okay, so Paul's encouraging the church in Corinth here to give to their brothers and sisters who are actually going through a difficult time in Jerusalem. And, and he shares kind of three postures that I want to look at that should be present in our own giving, okay? But for the Corinthian church, consequently at the time, are not present. They're not demonstrating it, okay? So over and over again in chapters 8 through 9, and you saw it a couple of times there at the end of 9, Paul tells the Corinthian church to be generous, to give generously. Now here's the rub. Here's what's actually going on in this passage, okay? In chapter 8, you would see this. Paul is actually praising the Macedonian church. He praises them because, he says, they have given, they've welled up in rich generosity despite their extreme poverty. So the churches in Macedonia have been giving and giving and giving despite the fact that they don't have a lot. And so this church in Corinth, which in one of the commentators that I read, it said that the church in Corinth was probably pretty well off. And they're being stingy with their giving. So Paul's kind of comparing the two churches. 
He's saying, hey, the church in Macedonia, which, by the way, he says, I bragged about your giving. I bragged about who you are. The church in Macedonia is outgiving you right now. They're, they're giving in generosity. And so he's saying, I want you to do the same. I want you to give in generosity. I want you to give generously, okay? But see, generosity is not dependent on how much we have, but on the proportion of how much we have been given. How much we've been given, okay? So in trying to make the same point, Jesus actually calls the disciples' attention, you probably remember this story, to a widow who gave the last of what she had. And I love this because she didn't try to draw attention to herself. She didn't go over there trying to drop it in so that everyone can hear, but you know who does draw attention to her? Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples, look, look at that woman. Do you see her? She's giving all she has to live on. She's the more generous giver. She's the more generous giver. So generosity and giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure is not an amount but a response of our heart towards what God has done for us. I love this quote by John Piper. It was super convicting for me. Why would we, we as the New Testament believers, having been bought at the price of Jesus' blood, not want to be more generous in our giving than those compelled by the law under the Old Covenant? We've been saved by grace why would we want not to give more than what the Old Testament covenant said you had to give? We should want to give out of this generosity of our heart. And that's the point that Paul's making here, that our giving should be generous. And that's the first posture of a heart that wants to give, is that it's generous. The second posture Paul alludes to here is that our giving should be spirit-led. Because we're people under the new covenant in Christ, the standard for our giving has changed. See, there's an Old Testament principle under the law. It was the tithe, right? Jesus fulfilled the law, which means that he fulfilled that tenth that was asked of and demanded of in the law. And I, I know that we're probably going to talk about that a little bit later in our Q&A time. But as Christians, those who've been saved by Christ, our giving is led just like the rest of our lives by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. Look at Paul's exhortation here. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Now, we might be quick to think that, you know, Paul's saying, whatever I feel in my heart is what I should give. But it's actually a little bit more than that. You know, our feelings betray us all the time. And that's because the scripture tells us that our heart is deceitfully wicked. There's wickedness, there's, there's flesh and self in our hearts. So what's Paul saying? Paul's talking about this idea that we're dependent on the Spirit of God. God is going to lead us as we give, and that's how we should respond. We should respond by His Spirit. Several years ago, Emily and I um, were asked by a friend who had lost their child to childhood cancer to come to St. Jude's benefit. And I just remember we went because they had asked us to go. We were good friends with them, but we really didn't have any intention of necessarily giving. We just wanted to be there for them and, and you know, encourage them in, in that. And as we sat at that table and the, the lecturer was lecturing, like, I think both of us were just super convicted in that moment that we needed to give. And so we, we said, okay, we need to give, but let's just set aside some time. And we sat there at the table and we kind of looked at different ways and we just prayed for a second. And a number came on both of our hearts. And it was the same number. And it was a number that really kind of stretched us a little bit at what we had. But we knew that it was God's spirit. If both of us came with that same number, 
which is what I totally encourage you as couples to do in your giving, that you would sit down and be prayerful about what you're giving and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you because I'm confident that he will. And as we did that, we were able to say, okay, we're confident this is what God is asking us to give. And truth is, when our, when our giving is spirit-led, we're going to be more prayerful in where we give and how we're giving to benefit God's kingdom. When our giving spirit-led will be pushed beyond just the minimum, he's going to stretch us, he's going to push us. And when our giving is spirit-led, we can expect there to be spontaneous opportunities for us to give, just like the one I just mentioned. Okay, finally, Paul says that God loves a cheerful giver. So the last posture that we should have in giving is that we give cheerfully. The Greek word here for cheerful is the word hilaron. It's where we get our English word hilarious, right? So along with us having happy hearts in this, the word also kind of carries with this idea that this action is happening because you've already been persuaded. You don't need to be persuaded. In other words, I'm not the Lord's not trying to take it away from you. You already know that you want to give. You've already been persuaded of wanting to give. You're not going to be reluctant or tight-fisted. You're going to be open-handed with what God has given to you. And the truth is, here's the thing. I am never going to sit up here and try to convince you to give to our church because I think that would actually be going against what Scripture is saying here. I want the Spirit of God to lead you. And I'm confident I'm confident as we do that, God's going to impress on your heart, and we're never going to be in need. We're always going to be able to take care of our community, and the needs of our community, and be gospel-centered. And the truth is, I've already had conversations with several of you who you, you've sat in a church where they're like, it's almost like every message, give, give, give. I get it. I've been there too, all right? I've been in that place as well. But what I want more than anything for us is to be people who take care of one another's needs. So that those who don't understand what the gospel is all about will see how we love each other so well. My prayer is also that, that we give out of a heart that understands all that God has given to us. We're a rich community. We are blessed beyond measure. So give what God puts on your heart. Be obedient to what he asks. And I know that God's going to take care of this community. One pastor says it this way. In giving... The real issue isn't giving money. It's giving ourselves to the Lord. If we really give ourselves to the Lord, then the right kind of material giving will naturally follow. I, I agree 100, 100%. Finally, the last thing. Christ's own generosity is held up as our model for giving. Paul, back here in, the, in, cha, in chapter 8, verse 9, he says this. Christ became lesser, so we might become richer. Jesus gave up what was rightfully his, surrounded by the praise of the angelic beings, and he became like you and I to bless us, to be able to be with the Father in relationship forever. As we kind of transition into our time of Q&A, and Tim, I'm going to invite you to come make your way up here. I just want to remind you there's going to be a QR code up here. Um, if you have a question about any of these topics that we are talking about, Please, please, please don't hesitate. Again, it's anonymous. Nobody knows who it is. I don't know. Tim doesn't know. We have no idea. And there's some hard ones on here. Tim told me that today. He's like, there's some hard ones on here, man. 
Um, but we want you to be able to do that. So you can do that right here, or there's a, there's a QR code in the lobby, all right? Because I think this time is really beneficial for us as we kind of address some of these questions, okay? All right, and what we talked about before was if you've got questions on a topic we already covered, yes. please submit those too, because yes. he'll try to come back around to those yes, maybe towards Sunday. the end of the series. Yeah. So if it's something we've already talked about, that doesn't mean you can't ask your question. Yep. Uh, so to dive right in today, um, <laughs> I'm tempted to start with the last one first, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, first question is, is giving directly to the church the only acceptable form of tithing? Mm. Uh, I absolutely would say no. It's not the only acceptable form of, and I'm going to say giving. Can I frame it that way? Um, kind of like I mentioned in the message, tithing is definitely an Old Testament principle. Okay? It was given underneath the law. We are not people of the law. We're people of grace, right? That doesn't mean the law is like nothing that we need to pay attention to. I'm just saying that that was given underneath the law to Israel. And so I would say, let's talk about our giving, all right? Um, and I would say then, no, absolutely not. You can give to other things besides the church. In fact, Emily and I give to a lot of missionary friends that we know. They're not part of this local context and local body but we believe God's called us to give to them, and so we try to give generously to them to support what they're doing for gospel-centered ministry. So I think no. Okay. I'm going to change the order a little bit on these. Oh, okay, if we're going to okay. go to three next, okay. only because I feel like it follows that one up okay. really well. Okay. Um, so is donating to a university or scholarship fund count for tithing or giving? Okay. Mm. Here's what I would say on this one, right? Um, we want to make sure that our, our, our giving is kingdom-minded, okay? Uh, now, if you know that there is a university or there's a seminary that you want to give to that is making disciples of Jesus or they're training disciples or, uh, man, I even know that there's uh, several, um, like, African schools that are building up pastors, right? And it's not necessarily a church. It's an institution. It's a, you know, an a educational institution, then absolutely, you should be able to give to that. You should, you, should, you should want to give to things that are gospel-centered and kingdom-building. Now, if you're just saying, okay, well, I just want to give because I like this university, right? I can hear all the Aggies in my mind right now, right? Um, <laughs> Listen, it's going to cost money to replace Jimbo Fisher. So we need to... <laughs> um, then, I, then I would say... Uh, Listen, if that's a way that you want to be generous, that's awesome, but really ask the Lord if that's something that is benefiting the kingdom. Like that, That's what the question that I would have on my heart would be. Is this God extending your kingdom? Is it making the gospel known to people in places that don't know you? All right, well said. Um, our third question for the day is, can I give my time instead of my money to mm. the church? So we, we, we hinted on this a little bit in the message, Right. Uh, the idea that really uh, all of those things should be what we're giving out of. Now, what I would be careful about, okay, that, listen, okay, here's the thing. Let me kind of answer it two ways. First, let's say that you're going through a really difficult season financially. I don't think that the Lord wants you to be like, you have to give this particular amount of money or you're not being faithful to me, right? What you can do, and this is, I think, where this question is coming from, is, Lord, I, I don't have the money, but I do have the time. I will give my time as generous giving to you, devoted to you, whatever that be. Maybe the church needs some work done, whatever, right? I'm going to give that to you. Now, what I would also say is I would also say don't let that become a habit because the Lord wants all of us. He doesn't just want a piece of us, right? He's not just like, I'm just for your money. That's all I want. 
That's not, that's not the Lord. The Lord wants all of us. So he's not just for your time. He wants all of those things. He wants all of who you are. So pray how you can be generous in all of those aspects, in our time, our talent, and our treasures. How can I be generous with who God has made me to be, but also with what God has given to me? All right. And now the last one, which is really a dig here. <laughs> all right. Can I trust the church with oh. my money? Oh. Oh. Um, you know, I, I can understand where the heart of this one comes from. I think that we've seen a lot in our culture where the church has been abusive. Um, and, and it's sad to me. That's really, that really breaks my heart because I think that the Lord works through the church. Like he always has and he always will. Um, so it breaks my heart that somebody would want to ask that question. But again, I do understand. Um, I want to tell you right now, I trust this church wholeheartedly. I love the people of the church. In fact, when I go back to Katie and I talk to friends and family, I brag on all of you guys so much. You don't even understand. I really do. Like Pastor Ronald, I have talked about him so many times to people, just saying how much I, I just value him. He's such a mentor to me, and I'm so grateful for his leadership in this church and what he's meant to me personally, just because there's times where I'm having questions like, like how do I handle this, or what would you do, and, or you've already done something, can you tell me? And I'm so grateful for that. So you, I believe you can trust this particular church. I believe you can trust this church. Now, I would say be wise, right? Always be wise. Um, know the leadership. Ask good questions to the leadership ask, so that you can tell where their heart is. But I believe this church you can trust. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Um, what is our topic for next week, James? Next week, we're talking about romance and relationships. Mm. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> On that note, let me pray for us. <laughs> Father God, we thank you so much for this time together, just to be able to look at some of the topics that are sometimes difficult, um, and especially in the way that we submit ourselves to you in them. And God, I pray that no one would step away from this morning thinking that it's about um, this church or, or me particularly, God, but it is about how they can respond to what you have done for them and be generous in the way that they love and give towards other people. So God, would you make us a community that is open-handed with all that we have, and so that the people around us, specifically in East Bernard, that they would know how deeply we love them. If you have questions about this week's message, or would like to start a conversation with someone about what it means to walk with Christ, please email pastor at cfeb.church. You can find earlier episodes of our podcast on our website at cfeb.church, where you can also give online to help support community fellowship in our mission to reflect and share Christ's love. We can also be found on many major distribution platforms like Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to stay connected. Thank you again for listening. Now go out and love one another like Jesus did.